0: Welcome to a new episode of talking rivals a weekly show exploring everything about the best sleeping rivalry in baseball co-hosted by patrick covering the boston red sox and myself covering the new york yankees and remember you could follow us on twitter slash x at talking rivals you could also follow patrick at patrick trotty you can follow myself at cp7 and y you can also find us wherever you find your podcasts at amazon iHeartRadio, spotify apple and google and you could also find us at Sportswire Radio, which is now located at sportswireradio.org. And you can follow the station manager there, Thomas Bryce, at Thomas Bryce 2017, for all the other scheduling of all the other great shows that are on there. And if you ever want to be a part of our show, if you want to come on and hang out and talk to us, hit us up on Twitter. Give you the names, at Patrick Trotty at CP7NY, or on the show, at Talking Rivals and we could set something up. So
1: anyway, Patrick, what's up? Heating up. Yeah, the off is cool. back and right now it's it's that quiet time. The awards are handed out pretty much. Um no surprises, right? No. I I mean, I guess the only surprise was the National League how unanimous it was. True, cuz remember what was it? August where we were talking about
0: Bets possibly getting it and you know Freeman was thrown in there and and of course Olsen was you know kind of in the mix and then you know Acuña runs away with it
1: <laughs> yeah i mean look Acuña deserved to win it but i i could see each of the other three guys maybe getting some each getting a first place vote here or there yeah but definitely yeah but um yeah i mean the biggest stuff coming down the pike this past week was the non-tendered stuff with the players. A um, couple of guys on our, on our teams got non-tendered. Uh, were there any surprises for you, for the Yankees or? I don't think so.
0: I, I didn't see any, you know, I, I figured anybody they can let go, they're going to let go. Right. So um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't see any surprises for the Yankees. Um, Do we want any, any of them back? I don't think so. So, yeah, I don't I don't think there's I, I
1: was always I was always intrigued with Albert Abreu's pitching, but yeah, it never his stuff, at least. But his pitching never kind of it, he never brought it together.
0: And he's had multiple chances. It's not like, yes, you know, this is one of those guys. Oh, they never gave him a chance. They've cut him, brought him back. And it just hasn't. worked. And you know what? We're probably going to see him again because someone's going to sign him and think. Exactly what you're saying. Oh, he's got great stuff. He's gonna. We could fix him, and not fix. Yeah. Him. They'll cut him, and then we'll we'll be looking for a middle reliever, and we'll sign him again. You know, because we think, oh, I think we got him. Like, you know, we could fix him. So, I don't think we've seen the last of him.
1: Yeah, and for the Red Sox, the big news was uh th- there was a trade: Luis urias to the went to the Mariners, uh, utility man for the Red Sox. Uh, and in exchange, the Mariners gave up Isaiah Campbell, and it's a small move, but I really like it for the Red Sox because Urias only has two years of control left. He's already arbitration eligible. He was set to make almost $5 million this coming year. For a guy that batted under 200 and would be a bench player, that's too much. And uh, Isaiah Campbell just pitched in his rookie year this year so he has at least five years of control and he was a second round draft pick and he pitched 28 innings and he threw to a 2.8 ERA. Hmm. So anytime you can get four years of extra control, get a bullpen piece. I, I think it's a no brainer. They save about $4 million. I I like the move. Yeah.
0: Oh, definitely. And, you know what you—the you, one thing you guys have is a glut of not a glut, but you got I think short and second base pretty much taken care of. Third base you obviously got Devers unless they're going to move him to DH at this point because Cassis is your first baseman. So um, yeah, infield is not the problem, right? With you guys, you, you guys need power. You guys need power in the outfield corner. Yeah. So yeah, I I, I thought it was a good move. And you listen, you everybody needs pitching. Even the yes. don't need
1: pitching, need pitching. So <laughs>
0: yeah. it's always great to be um, Yeah,
1: that's that's a perfect segue because, you know, the Phillies come in big and, and get and bring back Aaron Nola. I think it was seven years, 170, 172, something like that. Yeah. I mean, and I guess he, oh, well, not I guess, he definitely turned down more money elsewhere.
0: I think so. It, to me, that to me, that that as quickly as it happened and for the amount it happened, I think it shows that, yeah, I think he wanted to stay right where he is. Seven for 172. You were right. Um, yeah, I think he could have got definitely closer to 200 or, or more than 200. Um, he's been durable. I know, you know, the age is he is a little bit up there in age for a starting pitcher, but I think you still got three four you know, top seasons for him as being your number two guy, one number one or number two in the rotation for sure. Um, so I, I like it. And the Phillies, once again, it's they definitely need pitching, right? I mean, every year it's it's I hate to say every team needs pitching, but basically every team does need pitching. Yeah. Um, and I think they said
1: they're not done yet with adding stars. No. So and I, I like what Dombrowski did here, where he basically does he gets out in front of it. And sets the market for his player. Yeah. He doesn't right. let Yamamoto because Yamamoto just got posted yesterday. Yeah. So if he went and set the market, then Nola would probably, his price probably goes up. Yeah.
0: Yamamoto is probably going to sign for more than Nola because he's what? Yes. Five years old. Nola's 30. What? Um, I think he's 31. Uh, he's thir- yeah. He's 30 and a half, say. Yeah. He'll be 31 uh, next year. You know, he's starting his age 31 season. So you're getting him for 31, you know, to 37, obviously. So, um, yeah, I I think he's got three or four really good years left in him, you know, Nola. So, but no, but Yamamoto is supposed to be the best Japanese pitcher um, coming here of all time. Right. He's better than any pitcher that we've seen yet from, from Japan, you know, available. So and he's coming at 25 years old, coming off of what is third straight Japanese Cy Young Award winner and or triple crown win, you know, all that stuff. So, um, yeah. Um, and every big market team is looking for pitching. Right. And then some. So yep. if, I can't imagine I, I if Nola got seven for 172, you would think Yamamoto is going to go eight years. Uh, is it crazy to say 240
1: 250 yeah 240 30 a year and then the posting fee on top of it yeah Whew. and I mean yeah look he's right in the prime of his career you you mentioned all the things he's got going for him i i think at this point it's just a matter of how many years you want to commit to him
0: yeah and for me the only thing that scares me about him is that he reminds me his body of linsecum
1: Right? Yeah, he is what, 5'11, 190?
0: Yeah, he's a small, skinny guy. Um, that's the only thing that, ball, that you know, I, listen, I hope the Yankees go after him and sign him and whatever. But that's the only thing that gives me a, like, whoa, you know, we might see a Lincecum where, yeah, he's good for two or three years, but then he's just going to be shot, you know? Um, yeah. But I'll take it. I'll take two or three Cy Young seasons. I'll take that, you know? And then who cares what happens after that? But yeah,
1: yeah. Um, I keep going back and forth. I would love to have Yamamoto in Fenway, but it, like you said, it, you're just one injury away from losing that huge investment. Mm-hmm. So I would rather get a couple of number twos, like a Montgomery and Montgomery and Sunny Gray. Yeah, that would be a solid Montgomery Sunny Gray. You put them with. Bayo sale and you figure out the fifth starter Mm -hmm. that would be solid but Yamamoto I he's got all the makings of an ace um and he's everything's on his side it's just a matter of how he acclimates to being here and and pitching in a big market and whatnot but I I think between the as far as with Boston. Between being former teammates with uh, Yoshida, I think that would help ease the transition. Um, I think in New York, you could you could make the case that it would be an easy transition, just like Tanaka um, Hideki Matsui have made it before. Mm-hmm. Um, I really, I I think he, I think he's Yamamoto is going to end up with the Dodgers. I think Dodgers or the Mets. Yeah, that's true.
0: I think the Mets. If listen, if Cohen wants him, you know, it's crazy. You want to say it. if Cohen, if Cohen wants anybody, he's going to get him. Yeah, he's not going to get outbid by anybody. If he really wants this kid, and supposedly he's got ties to Senga, they're good friends and all that. So, and they're very desperate for pitching, obviously. Yes, but Senga is really the only thing they got there. Um, so, I think if Cohen really wants him, then I, I think he's going to. He'll, he'll win it out but the dodgers are absolutely uh especially with otani out there um you know does the dodgers double dip and get otani and yamamoto that would be interesting you know okay. yeah i heard a
1: rumor that they were looking at trading for trout wow uh, it's uh, i don't understand where the dodgers are where they come up with this money and just all these prospects and I know it's just never, it's never ending with them. Yeah.
0: I think if, if there's a year to trade for trout, I think it's this year, right? Yeah. So much rumors about it. Angels are willing to listen. Now's the time. If you're a team and if you want to make that, that jump, if you want to say, all right, listen, I don't care about the injuries. I want this kid. I want this guy, trout. I want, we're going to bring him in and we'll figure out the injury aspect. We'll try to DH him or whatever. Um, I think this is the year to do it. So if he if he's not traded this year, I think it's I, – I don't think it's going to happen. I think it just shows you that he wants to stay in that area. He loves it there. He doesn't care about winning or losing as much. Um, so it, it's – like what, where do you put the percentage that he'll get traded? Forget about where because
1: who knows. But Yeah, you- I, would, I would say it's – I'm going to say 51%. It's more <laughs> likely than not. But not by much. But I still think there's going to be too many teams that are saying there's too many years on that contract. Right. Like how how many how many injury filled years can you put up with as a team if you win one championship? Right. You know, like. Like for our teams, how many? Uh, okay, two thousand nine. After two thousand nine, for the Yankees, how many years were? Was there a contract right then that you got that didn't age well afterwards?
0: Uh, since two, well, obviously the, well, a couple come to mind. Obviously the Stanton and the, and the DJ one, right? Yeah.
1: So Not, say Stanton, oh. if Stanton brought you one championship. Mm-hmm and then you had the rest of his contract left it would be a much easier to swallow absolutely yeah,
0: absolutely and that's why i think if they made the trade if, if the if it was the yankees making an argument with the yankees they would have to take stanton's back you can't carry two players like that no you just can't so if i'm the yankees that's the only way i make that trade you know yeah we'll, we'll give you a you know a good prospect or two, or if you want something else, whatever, but
1: so say they say, they said it was trout for Stanton and Brito. I think I would do that trade from the Yankees.
0: Yeah. Because you know what? There's a chance. I, I, not there's a chance. Trout can play the field. Right. And he can play the field in a position that we need him to play in center field. Um. So I, I would a hundred percent make that trade a hundred percent because Stanton right now can do nothing. He can't hit, and he can't field, and he can't run. So he literally can't do anything. So he's unless he does something magical this offseason, and I hope he does because I really like Stanton. I like him as a person. I like him as a player and because he, he stands up and he says, hey, I got to do better. I got to be better. I stink, whatever. And he's handled New York as good as anybody's ever handled it. So I I'm praying that he – Bounces back because I want to see him bounce back. But the only way I make this trade, if Stanton is traded with, you know, is is in the move. I can handle DJ because he could play the field. He's shown enough hitting that he could be all right, okay, as a utility player. Um, so I could I'm okay with that contract. But you got to take Stanton's contract if I'm taking Trout's, and if it means I got to give you another player, uh, that's where it would be the okay. Let's see what we got. You know, then there's a debate, but you would have to take Stanton's deal. What about, what about if Boston said, all right, you know what? We could work with Trout. Well, what do you think a trade would mean?
1: Um, I would say the Red Sox don't really have that many bad contracts because sale is coming off the books after this year. He's got 30 million left for one year. So at this point you keep them. Um, maybe you send back a left-handed bat that would not play in the outfield. So, for Trout, you try to dangle somebody like Verdugo, but he's going to be a free agent after the year. Mm-hmm. I think you just take the contract and you just give him back a couple of prospects. Yeah. I'm trying to think of a bad contract, but they wouldn't want a Trevor Story. Probably not yet because they already got Rendon. they have Rendon. They have a young Zach Neto at shortstop. Yeah. I'm not sure what their second base situation is. So maybe you could entice them with four years. I think story has four years, 80 million, which isn't horrible.
0: No, because if he's, if he's right, that's, that's not a horrible deal at all.
1: Yeah. That's more like the DJ LeMayhew contract.
0: Yeah. Maybe even better.
1: Yeah. So it's, I I think it's just a matter of where trout wants to finish his career. Does he want to come back to the East coast? Does he want to stay on the West coast? And how much how much value he's gonna add. You know what he's gonna do with the bat when he's healthy, but it's a matter of will he get injured in the field? Will he will that wear and tear on him? And I look at I said it last episode, and I, I'll say it again. I look at a guy like Byron Buxton. And I think he's a younger trout. Obviously, he doesn't have the MVP awards and right all that, but you know. How much, when is enough enough? When are you going to just like pull the plug and say, look, we got to move on from this guy. And I think it's going to be the, the echoes of trading him and the, the rumors are just going to get louder and louder for trout this off season.
0: Yeah. And he's the only one that could shut him down because he's going
1: to say, Nope, I don't want to go anywhere. I love it here. And uh- if he says that, then the, that very, right after that press conference, that's when you start trying to move anthony Rendon. right.
0: does he have a i'm going to look. does he have a uh
1: no trade. why he was acting i think he thinks he has a no trade clause. right. because he, if you remember he was saying, you know, he was after one of the injuries, i think he stopped the press conference and said uh no obla ingles. yeah, he's got a full no trade yeah. Um so he's just he's out
0: there and doing whatever he wants. He's got three years and about uh a little over a hundred million left, yeah. Wow.
1: Yep. And he's got a full no trade. So yeah, he could he could say whatever he wants. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and the other signing that um there was two other signings wanna get your opinions about the and these are just trickling in because it's the, just the start to of the off season. But Lance Lynn got a deal from St. Louis. Yeah, what he he got a one year like ten million? That's a typical St. Louis deal. Mm-hmm. He's gonna replace Wainwright. I know he can't replace what Wainwright meant to the organization, obviously, but he's a similar type of pitcher. Um, I don't love it for St. Louis. But I see what they're thinking. Uh National League pitcher kinda I hate to say he like nibbles at the edges of the strike zone, but you gotta cut down on the home runs, but not a power pitcher anymore, really. Yeah,
0: I no, I agree. Um listen, if, if he's slotted in as your four or five starter, yeah, that's, that's not a bad deal at all. Because, you know, we've seen him we have seen him, you know, pitch pretty well, you know, like even last year when he strike out that he had that 16 strikeout game. Yep. Um, so yeah, like he's definitely capable of it. You know, I, I just, yeah, I don't trust him as my one, two, three, or maybe even the four. So if he's a, you know, top five, if he's a number five starter, yeah, I'm, I'm all for that. Um, 10 million bucks, you're getting a veteran starter, you know, you can't do much better, it, but again as long as he's your 4 or 5 starter they better you better have a 1 2 or 3 because yes cardinals are just awful their rotation is just god awful so they got that's the one thing they got to figure out um they got to be in on one of the top starters at least one of them whether it's Snell um uh Yamamoto one of those guys have to be on the the cardinals they have to get one of those guys or well, they got to make some major trades and i think that's what they're going to go to that goes in with the Yankees and, you know, cause they have position young position players, what we need. And we also have, you know, Clark Schmidt could be in a, can be involved in a trade. I hope not Michael King, but you got Schmidt, Brito, you know, Vasquez, maybe they'll, they want one of those guys. So, um,
1: but yeah, the Cardinals, I, I, I like it. Like you said, I don't love it, but I, I like the move for them. And the other move was the Braves have quietly rebuilt their bullpen already. Yeah. Um, they just signed Ronaldo Lopez three years, 30 million guaranteed. Quietly had a really good season last year, but that's their fifth player that they've added to the bullpen since the season ended. Yeah. You know they what? They picked up two in a trade, Aaron Bummer and Jackson Coar. And then they re-signed Joe Jimenez and Pierce Johnson. So they're not giving out huge contracts, but they're just. Kind of isolating, identifying, and bringing in certain players, and and it seems like they found they they realize that their bullpen is one of their Achilles' heels.
0: And I think their rotation is too. I think they're going to be big in one of the, the top starters. Maybe Snell. Yeah,
1: they were know? saying uh, Sunny Gray.
0: Right, Sunny. it's oh, hard that, to go there. That makes a lot of sense too. So I, I think one of those guys. Um, because obviously their lineup is not the problem. You know, the lineup is as good as yeah. any, I think, the best, one through nine. Um, so, yeah, just reinforce the pitching, the bullpen. I wonder if they, you know what, if they miss out on one of the top starters, I wonder if they go after Hader to be the closer.
1: Or maybe they jump in on the Dylan Cease trade
0: talks. That would be a good spot. But their they're, they're prospects, though, are not – they Thanks. still have
1: uh what's his name that came up? Vaughn Grissom. Yeah. Oh, right. That gives you that gives you a middle infield piece that you could slide in and take over for Tim Anderson. Yeah. Uh, um but yeah, they're they're their prospects. I mean, most of their prospects have come up and are hitting now. So
0: Yeah, and last year, um looking at the rankings, I didn't see this year's rankings, but at the end by the end of last year, the rankings the Braves were at the bottom of the yeah. farm system ranking. So unless they have a couple of top level guys that are ready to go that the White Sox would want, I don't, I don't know if there'd be big players in, in the trade market.
1: Yeah. And that's why I think you see them making these signings real quick. They're just identifying a couple of different pieces to tinker at the back end of that bullpen.
0: Yeah. And going back to you, I think the Dodgers are still the number one or number two farm system in the league. Yeah, <laughs> and they just like you said, they just spend money, and their draft picks are low, but they turn them, you know, they turn them around and turn them into top prospects.
1: Crazy. Yeah, and I think it was yesterday, the Baseball Hall of Fame ballot came out, right? Mm-hmm. And a couple of, a couple of, for me, uh, I guess we can we can start with the first year guys. Um, okay. First-year guys, for me, would definitely be Adrian Beltre. I could make a case that Adrian Beltre is underrated.
0: Oh, huge. Because he should be – I know that he won't get it, but he should be a unanimous
1: because how can you vote against him? I mean, he – what, 470-something home runs, 3,100 hits, two – I'm going to guess like 280 average – Bunch of gold gloves. I I don't see where you're where you could I think he's gotta be in the nineties. Five time gold glover, four time all-star, four time silver silver
0: slugger, two time platinum glove, uh 3166 hits, four hundred and seventy seven home runs. Average, yeah, okay, two eighty six. Not ideal. Um, but but for that amount of power? Yeah, I mean I know it's third base too, but four hundred and seventy-seven home runs. This guy's a top five
1: third baseman all time. Yeah. Easily. Like he's up there with like what the third baseman baseball. would you have above him? You'd have George Brett. Schmidt. Schmidt. Robinson just because of the glove, not you know, not offensively. He's not better than yeah, Brooks Robinson. Uh, um
0: Maybe uh, – do you put Chipper above him?
1: I think you might. I think Beltre is probably like the fifth best third baseman of all time. Wade Boggs? Yeah. Depends okay. what you want out of a hitter, but – Right. Eddie Matthews. Yeah. Those are the only guys. I Let's go
0: Schmidt, Matthews, Boggs, Beltre, Brett. And then you start getting into arguments yep. with Chipper and – Brooks Robinson, you know, pretty good
1: list to be on.
0: Yeah, I would say so. You know, Chipper didn't play all of his career at third; most of yep. it. Um, but Beltray, yeah, I mean, that's why I think he's he is underrated. I I definitely think Beltray is underrated. He should be, and he will be first ballot. I'd be
1: shocked if he's not first ballot. Yeah. Um, other first ballot guys, I don't, I don't see any. I would think
0: I I'm gonna I'll give you Mauer. I think Maurer is a, a first ballot. I really
1: do. You really?
0: Really? Huh. Yeah. He should be in. Uh, and I think to, to waste time in saying, you know, ah, he's not first ballot, but you know, this guy was one MVP, three time gold glove, three time batting title as a catcher, six time all-star five times silver slugger. I know, you know, the, the back half of his career was not great, especially power wise but he still finished with a 306 average. Um, not a big home run guy, only 143 home runs. But his peak, and especially before they moved to the new stadium, this guy was not just, to me, the best catcher in the league. He was in the argument, or in the discussion, I should say, for best player overall in the league. That's how good this guy was for me. So huh. I, I think he should go in. That I, I, I don't think they should be – fooling around with, well, maybe not first ballot, but he's a guy that's got to go in. Um, Jaws has him ranked as the seventh best catcher of all time. Do I think he's that high? I don't know because he didn't play his whole career at, at catcher,
1: right? Let me see the – Yeah, look at the comparison between him and Bill Dickey. It's right there. Yeah. I mean, obviously, Bill Dickey has eight championships. Yeah. Yeah. That, so that's that's a huge thing. But war, they're within one point. There you go. I mean, if you're going to go by war, I
0: know war is a weird.
1: Yeah. Uh, that's I a mean, weird. He, has, he only has 2,100 career hits. He doesn't have a 1,000 RBIs, so I'll play devil's advocate. But, but when you put that as a catcher, that's pretty
0: high up there. Yeah. You know, you're talking top 10-ish, I think all time if if you're just talking about hits by a catcher yeah so i listen he's one of the greatest catchers i think i've ever seen you know it and i'm not saying he's better than like johnny bench or you know the other great catchers gary carter yeah, but like i said in his peak for me he was easily the best catcher in the league and he was in the discussion of
1: best player in the league overall he was the that all time leading rbi at catcher yogie barrow with 1430 yeah, he's At not- that position, mm-hmm. while playing that position. Johnny Bench, Ted Simmons, Mike Piazza, Pudge Rodriguez, all over 1,300. But, but a lot of these guys, too,
0: are their numbers are skewed, too. Like, Barra played a lot of outfields.
1: Yep.
0: Right? Um, Ivan Rodriguez, to me, you bring in the, the steroid talk, even though he's in the Hall of Fame. Um, Piazza, Fisk you know, um, those guys were offensive monsters. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I, to me, he's in, to me, I, you, you got to put him in there. Um, yeah, he's the only other first ballot I would say, um, for me. And then the other guy who I think should be in, but I don't think he'll get it right away is chase Utley, out of the, the first year
1: guys. I see Yeah. I think he's, a. Uh, uh a definite eventually guy
0: because if you don't have for me if you don't have jeff kenton yet you can't put this guy in
1: well then he's <laughs> not going in for a while
0: right i i just don't i don't know but you know jaws has chase Utley as the 12th best second baseman of all time above lou whitaker above yeah. Al. surprisingly i don't know how that's even possible but um so, I don't think he gets in first ballot, but I he's one of those guys that I think is going to hang on the ballot, um, and eventually get in. I i, I think so, but since they didn't put Kent in, I don't know. Kent's got the most home runs in the second day. We talk about it, yeah, about it numerous times. How is he not in? But uh, Chase, Ald- and as
1: far as final year candidates, Gary Sheffield,
0: he's the interesting one because. He's always going to be connected to steroids, obviously. Yeah. But he also—I don't know if everybody knows this—but he also, under oath, said that he did not take steroids, knowing it. Now, yeah. does that change your. Does that change your, you know, your opinion on him because he didn't know he took steroids, but he end, but he ended up taking them. Like, is that legit? Like, what, what do you think of that when you
1: hear that? Um, look, with the amount of supplements out there and vitamins and I mean, you you don't want to just take stuff willy nilly without looking at the ingredients. But if somebody, if a, if a, if a teammate comes to you and says, look, I know you're injured, you're feeling like crap right now, you're in a slump and you have a nagging back injury or you're rehabbing from an injury. These supplements worked for me. Go for it. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know. I I think you'd be hard pressed to find people that would say no. I I have to run it through uh, <laughs> run it through my doctor and check you know check the the chemical compounds behind it. Like not not every player has a I don't know. I I guess you would go to the team doctor first. You should, yeah. but these things are out there. It's not like he was, I think when people think of the steroid era, they just think of just a bunch of jacked up Mark McGuire's and Jose Canseco's just jabbing each other with, you know, with needles right before the, they're at bats. Yeah. And look, some people definitely did steroids and some people definitely did steroids knowingly and willingly. And they wanted to just maximize whatever they had, but there are those cases that people just took a supplement, and it's like, oh crap, after the fact. Yeah. So I. Uh, I mean, Sheffield had a great career. Is it Hall of Fame? Uh, when I think of him, in the batter's box, I think he's a Hall of Fame hitter.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. I I, I definitely think so. I definitely think so. And. He got what fifty? What was the percent? Fifty-five percent? That sounds about right. Fifty-five percent he got,
1: and above him. I don't think he makes that jump though.
0: Yeah, because those guys are just the the ones that are totally against the steroid era is not going to. They're not going to
1: change, you know. I mean, are, could you tell me that Gary Sheffield was one of the five best outfielders in his era? No. He was close though, offensively close if he's not are you telling me he was better than manny ramirez
0: i'll say no but manny was jacked up yeah that's true he actually tested
1: positive he yeah. actually got caught <laughs> so yeah 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 manny was not manny was not taking vitamin d supplements no he was yeah he was taking some funny stuff um And And then uh, there's a bunch of people in between that we haven't mentioned on the ballot. And uh, to me, the one the one most likely to get in is Todd Helton. He just missed. He was at 72 percent. Yep. So just missed the ones that I would vote for on this ballot. I would vote for Beltray, Helton. Frankie Rodriguez. Maybe Frankie Rodriguez. And we could have a conversation about Andrew Jones. Definitely, yeah. He was at last year – Andrew Jones was at 58%. I would say Jones becomes the next – Jones moves up to Todd Helton's stature. Yeah. Helton goes in, and then Andrew Jones hopefully goes in next year. And, you
0: know, you made the argument about Sheffield. Was he one of the best outfielders? Beltran – I mean, uh, Andrew Jones was – arguably the, the greatest defensive center fielder during yeah. definitely during his era. And obviously one of the greatest, doesn't he have, I think he has the most gold gloves or the second most as a he's right there. Yeah. I think he's second. I think Willie Mays has the most, but um, yeah, I, I think Jones should
1: get in. He's been on the ballot enough. Um, and he has power in center field. Right. I
0: think he had 400 home runs.
1: Yeah. Look, some of his down years were really down at the end, but, that happens to the greats. I mean, not a great average, but platinum glove with power. 10-time gold glove, five-time all-star,
0: silver slugger, um, 434 home runs. His batting average is really low, though, 254. That's what's really, I would think, holding him back. I mean, uh, other than that, what, what could be holding this guy back from being a Hall of Famer? Um, like, He's a top 10 ish greatest center fielder of all time.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. I mean, you want to put him that way. Yeah. Kenny Lofton should be in. Beltran, like you said, I think he should get in. The one thing that might keep holding him back is the Astros cheating thing because he was, you know, the main guy behind everything. Oh, I
1: wouldn't put Beltran in. I said Beltra. Oh, okay. All right. Oh, yeah. You I Charles Beltran with that, with the Houston cheating scandal. I don't, I don't know.
0: Yeah, I know. It shouldn't let him, well, how many years is he on it now? Two years?
1: I think this is, it's at least his second year.
0: Right. Yeah. He was, and he was at 46% last year. So now that it's come out, he jumps into
1: the fifties, maybe 60.
0: Yeah. He might be that guy that kind of lingers like bonds did, you know, and the, the hard, the hard nose voters are going to say, Nope cheated big cheating scandal but that was at the very end i mean what was that his last year of his career i think
1: yeah so now the things that i would do to the ballot i want to get your opinion on this is i would make the ballots you you have to make them public yes definitely (laughs) and you have to be you you have to vote for somebody i don't think you can look at a ballot and say no, I'm, I'm, I'm not voting for anyone.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm yes and no on that because listen, is that well? I'm sure with at can least one. Back.
1: You can't just say, oh, I'm, um There's nobody on this.
0: Yeah, no, this year definitely.
1: Obviously, Beltray is a no doubter. Yeah,
0: yeah, I, 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 could live with that too. I'm, I'm okay with that, but definitely, They're
1: definitely making it public so you have to stand behind it. <laughs>
0: right, because I want the idiot to stand behind why you didn't vote Jeter in, the one guy.
1: Yeah, that's... Um...
0: <laughs> just explain. You know what? And just to explain your answer. Go on yeah. MLB Network. With a
1: straight face.
0: Right, exactly. And don't tell me, you know, because you hate him or...
1: Yeah, you no, the- nothing childish. Like, you're an adult and a professional and this is your job. Why not?
0: Guy had 30, what? 6, 3,600 hits. He was seventh yep. overall. I mean, forget about the postseason stuff. Forget about being... Only on one team. Well, that to me is big. Being on one team his whole career, I think that means a lot. Yeah, you know, and that's another thing to add to Maurer, to give Maurer a, a little bit of a boost. He was on the same team his whole career. He's got he he was a Minnesota kid. He got drafted by the Twins, and he was there.
1: As he a also kid. had scholarships to play quarterback at Florida State. Wow. He was uh, all American in football and baseball coming out of high school. And you know what? I can believe it. (laughs) I mean, Um, He's a big guy, too, like 6'5", 230. Yeah, he looks like a a quarterback. But what about A-Rod? He's not going to get it, but...
0: Yeah, I mean, is he going to go... You think his percentage is going to go any higher than last year? He got
1: 35%. I think he's plateaued. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's... I think if you sat down in a room, 100 baseball fans from all over the country i think about 35 of them would say yeah i really like a rod (laughs) and 65 would probably say i i don't trust him or i think he's lying or i think he's did this i think he did that yeah do it the right way stuff like that so i think he that's right about where he is was he a great talent yes Was he going to be one of the all-time greats if he just stayed away from all that other stuff on the side? Yeah. Did he have a really bad end to it with the way he treated and the way the Yankees – like that stuff, that back and forth with the Yankees, yeah, that was bad. Yeah, he was trying to sue them, trying to sue the league, trying to sue the
0: doctors and all that. I mean, that was ridiculous. But I have to give him credit. I mean, it's amazing how he's changed – you know, his, the narrative about him from that guy to what he is now. Like, yeah, he's a very, he definitely
1: definitely has the personality for television.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, I I still think he's, he's fake and all that. And, but I do, I, I, he's one of the most knowledgeable people. Yeah. No, he,
1: I love, he's forgotten more than I'll ever know about the game.
0: Yeah absolutely and it's just it's unreal because now when you go on social media especially on yankee twitter you know like they love a rod they think he should you know get his number retired by the yankees and i think that's ridiculous there's no way he should get his number retired by the yankees about how it ended you know so i think the way it ended and actually the way it ended was was better for him a little bit you know before he got all the suspensions and all that they gave him his day and it was it is what it is you know but the steroid thing is not going to go away because he actually tested positive for steroids and got suspended for it so yeah you can't like the other guys like you you could make the argument about guys that didn't test positive like a barry bonds forget about the list the new york times list right 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 before that nobody was testing so you can't really say oh well he definitely took steroids yeah listen bonds probably most definitely did take steroids but he never tested positive he was never suspended for it so that was always my argument if you didn't get suspended for it
1: you should not you know it shouldn't be yeah they shouldn't anyway. take away your driver's license if you don't have any tickets
0: right exactly you know a guy like ramirez sosa um yeah they sosa got caught with the you know the loaded bat and yeah that was the, just ridiculous uh, yeah i mean all these guys that tested positive palmero you know, after he went in front of in front of Congress, yeah, waving the finger, yeah, and then he gets then he tests positive. I mean, it's just stupid, you know. Like, but uh yeah, so I I don't think Rod gets in. You know, it's incredible because he was definitely going to be one of the greatest players to ever live, and he's not going to be known as that because of the steroid stuff. You know, so I yeah, I think he, I think you're right. He kind of I think he's plateaued. I, I'm just curious to see if. You know, guys that we spoke about Jones, Jeff Kent, what Beltran if he's going to go up any higher. Also, a guy
1: like Jimmy Rollins. Yeah, Jimmy Rollins. I I wouldn't, you know, pound the table for Jimmy Rollins to make the Hall of Fame. Now I'm more of a small Hall of Fame, right, compared to a big wide net. But you could make the case for Jimmy Rollins to get more votes than he's getting. Oh, absolutely. And I think that's, I think that matters because there's a difference to me in a game so, so obsessed with numbers. There seems to be this, you know, downplaying of, oh, well, if the guy's not a Hall of Famer, it doesn't matter who votes for him. It doesn't matter if he's off the ballot in one year or if he stays on the ballot for 10. I think that matters. Yeah. I think if after your playing career is over if you can say look I got up to 50% on the Hall of Fame vote that that's something you can say at least you know that's a it's there's different levels to it I think yeah no definitely i i think because there's certain guys on these ballots that no offense just it's one and done yeah like you don't even have to have a discussion yeah but to me rollins is a guy that you could have a discussion. You could say Yeah, he, you respect the guy's talent and his career enough to have that discussion. And then you put him where he is. Yeah, exactly. I think he's
0: on the, he's right on that borderline of very good to, yeah. He's a guy that you would no doubt want as your starting shortstop on your yep. team. He's that, he was that good. Well, was he great, all time great, top 10, top 15 of all time shortstop? Probably not. But, I would, you know, yeah. I mean, listen, I, 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 during our during our time watching baseball, was he one of the greatest shortstops we ever seen? Yeah, I would think so. But when you put him next to guys like Ozzy and Ernie Banks and you know the Robin Young, Cal Ripken, those guys, you know, was he that guy? I don't think so.
1: Right. So. Yeah, I mean, and then. I'm trying to think. When did they announce? When did they announce it? January or February? Uh, the yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, because and then there's a couple of big names coming up too. Should be no doubters. Ichiro, right? Yeah. Oh, CC, I think would be a no doubter.
0: Yeah, I think so. You know, just uh, the strikeouts alone for a left-hander. Yeah. I think it's second most of all time. Yeah. So I, I think he definitely should get it. He should definitely get in for sure. Um,
1: who else? You think Pedroia? No. As a second baseman, no? No. He uh, That injury, he lost too many years at the end there. Yeah. That and slot, I-, I go back to it. That slide for Manny Machado. <laughs> right into like the, the knee almost. Yeah. But I think at the end of his career, he was a shell of his former self. And I think he played, he missed, I think almost three full years there at the end. Yeah. Where if he was just doing league average stuff, that's, you know, four or 500 hits. Right. That, that, that just is too much to miss out on. But he's a guy that should, you know, have a plaque or something, you know, like what they did in Fenway for him and, yeah. you know, have his day and great Red Sox, but just not a whole fan. But the
0: one thing I, I hope that they do over the next few years or whatever it is, I think they got to start acknowledging how good some of the closes were because how – Yes,
1: that's a good point because some of these guys – I mean – John Franco, Billy Wagner, Francisco Rodriguez. Crazy save numbers. And all different eras right there that we just mentioned. Yeah. That's from the 80s all the way to like look, a couple years ago. You're talking about Frankie Rodriguez is the Look at Kenley Jansen world. coming up. Look at Craig Kimbrell.
0: Yeah. They all got, to, I think. And especially now more than ever, more
1: than back I mean, then. what's the save number that it's going to be to get in? It's got to be, what, 400? If it's 400, you, Kimbrell, Jensen, uh J-
0: – I'm sorry, Jansen, Wagner, Franco, and Rodriguez should
1: all be in if it's 400. 400? I'm just thinking of around num- 450. I-, I don't know if there's a difference between those two. I mean yeah. – No, I and- – I-, I think anytime you get over four 450 saves – Unless you did it over the course of like thirty you know, something crazy.
0: Yeah. I mean um, he,
1: I, I think you should be in the conversation to be in the Hall of Fame.
0: Fingers is if Raleigh Fingers is in, he's got 341. Um Eckersley, obviously split time as a starter, he's got three ninety. Yep. But yeah, I mean Gossage had three hundred and ten. He also started a lot of games too, um, in early in his career. But I, I just think now with with the importance of the bullpen that I think
1: these guys should be recognized, you know, because. Yeah, because every every game people talk about it like, oh, we just got to get to the bullpen. We just got to get to our closer and then the game's over. The starter just has to give us five innings. Well, that means you need a great closer and that puts an importance on it, on the position that, you know, I, I would say when did that start? You could make the argument it started with the Yankees teams in the nineties. I know it went before that, but and you could make uh,
0: the big argument here is what's what's the difference of why the Yankees had five World Series during that era and the Braves had one. Rivera, right? If you, you're going to tell me if the Braves had Mariano Rivera, they wouldn't have. Yeah, Martin they're
1: winning or... multiple titles
0: easily, easily. Yeah, <laughs> especially the year that they the '96 the year. You're going to tell yeah. me if Rivera was a brave. They would have closed that series out. Yep, no doubt. That would have been a, a sweep. <laughs> but yeah, I that that's why I, I think they gotta start honoring some of these guys. Uh, we mentioned those guys, you know, Frankie Rodriguez four thirty seven, Franco four twenty four, Wagner four twenty two, uh, Jensen four twenty, and he still looks good, so he's gonna hit that four fifty mark.
1: Yeah, he'll uh, he'll hit four fifty this year. Does he ever get to 500? He might, but his ERA will balloon up. Yeah. But he'll definitely get to 450.
0: I think 400 is a good – I think that's the good number. I think that's like, yeah, if you get 400 saves,
1: that's pretty good, you know, because anything under that – If you had a decade straight of 40 save seasons, yeah, I think you're a Hall of Famer. Right? I mean, uh, uh, you know, other than that, you know,
0: under 400, you're talking about guys like Joe Nathan, really good.
1: Yeah. But He he was good. He right.
0: was good, but on Jeff Reardon, Percival, Randy Myers, you know, all those guys had three and change, but are we talking about them as hall of fame is probably not, but the 400 guys. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm hoping that they start to honor these guys a little more because they, they are so important, especially in, in this baseball now that we're playing.
1: Yeah. And uh, I'm looking at on this day, and we said it right before we started, but this is incredible. Uh, Happy birthday to Ken Griffey Jr. and Stan Musial. Obviously, same same birthdays, different years, but the same hometown, DeNora, Pennsylvania. So Ken Griffey Jr. is not the best left-handed hitter, in from Denora, Pennsylvania, born on this day. <laughs> That's ridiculous. I, I, it's incredible. Yeah, uh, yeah. Anybody wants to look at the model of consistency, just baseball reference page, stand usual. Yep. And you'll just see offense galore There is His, his page is, is one of those, we, we talk about baseball reference all the time. It's one of those pages where you just look at it and you, he was just a, a consummate hitter, Uh great player. I mean, Griffey was a great player in his own right, obviously. Uh, went to Cooperstown in 2016. Um, I'm looking at the other stuff. Most of it is f- um, some free agent stuff. But uh, on this day in 19, I want to get the year right, 1949, Bill Veck, Sells uh, the Cleveland franchise for a little over 2 million to a local guy. So yeah, that's not nothing for back then. Hmm. No, it's <laughs> a pretty good amount. And that's one of the big time uh, baseball names. I know I was telling you about the, the, um, the movie, the documentary that I just watched on Bill Veck and his kid. I forgot the title of it. Oh, I think it's, this many second chance or the saints of second chances. But, uh, it was a, it was a pretty good documentary. Bill Beck has has lived a really interesting life. He was the guy that among other things, did the disco night, the disco demolition night in Chicago. He also did the famous shorts for the uniforms.
0: And you know what? Will we ever see, um, someone like that again like did the
1: fireworks with the home runs yeah i mean and it sounds like stupid little things but um just his whole check out there's a couple of good biography good couple of books on him and his kid uh good couple of documentaries but when will we ever see somebody kind of reinvent the wheel again i
0: don't think i was gonna say like are we ever gonna see someone like him again because who's gonna be willing to Put themselves out there that much
1: to uh, you, know, you know what i mean like i yeah I, I mean we see it sometimes with managers but like managers like a tommy lasorda or billy martin or i'm thinking like joe madden and even that outside the box use an opener yeah but I'm, I'm, as no. far as a general manager or an owner yeah wow. I don't think so cuz there's so much money there's too much money involved now. Yeah, it's a corporation. You you're a CEO of a corporation. You just got to put on the suit and tie and do the next right move. Exactly. And then they all they all work together now. All the owners. Yeah, yeah there's too much money. It's too much money to be lost if you don't if you're not working in the same way.
0: Yeah. I you never really see one owner or even a handful of owners go out there and say, okay, let's do this. When, nobody, when no other owner wants to do it, like it's that crazy. Um, right. I don't think you'll ever see, you know, because of the TV contracts and especially now with the mess that they're in now with, um, with, uh, what, Bill
1: what Vex, the sorry, Bill Vex kid is the one that gave Daryl strawberry, I think his 15th chance right. with, the uh, with the St. Saint Paul saints, Before he went, before he rehabbed his image and went back to the Yankees for 96. Wow. So before that, Daryl Strawberry was, and he, and he talks about it in the biography, Strawberry was lost for a while there in the nineties and nobody was willing to give him a chance. And Bill Vex kids said, come up to St. Paul, Minnesota and play independent baseball. Hmm. And the Yankees to their credit saw what he was doing and, signed him and so that worked out for you guys yeah i would say so um real quick
0: a a quick question i think i think you'll know this i just looked it up right before we started um who's got the most since dusty baker just recently won another world series as a manager who are the top two managers with most wins without a world series championship Hmm. One He's is active. Out. well. One is Are still around. Current? Well, one is still around, and one is not. Okay. But the guy that's not, I think you'll know. Huh? Buck Showalter. He's the active guy. He's got seventeen hundred and twenty-seven wins, and no World Series victory, no World Series appearance. Is um,
1: Bud Black is he up there? No. Oh. He might be somewhere up there.
0: He's 50, 50. He's got 1,125 wins career
1: Bob wins. Melvin?
0: Uh, no. Oh, boy. Well, the guy that's
1: not active and the guy... Oh, I'm, th- from- I'm, I'm, I'm thinking active, guys. Uh, who's the guy has? that's not active?
0: The one that's not active, you, you probably heard of him, Gene Mock of the Angels. Oh, wow.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: Pretty famous. He's got... He was below 500 for his career, 1,900, and two wins, which is 15th most all time. Wow. And think about it. That's only – he's got three less wins than Casey Stengel.
1: Oh, my God.
0: <laughs> and Casey Stengel has, what, 10 World Series? Yeah. He's yeah.
1: That, Series. Some of these numbers – we talk about numbers all the time, but some of these career numbers, like with the top he's managers, seven, I'm sorry, yeah. wins – Mm-hmm. are not going anywhere.
0: No, and here's another one. Terry Francona, right? He's got he's got two World Series to his to his uh thing. And he's got and he co and he coached uh, managed for 23 years right now and he's got nine 9- 1950 wins. So he's got forty eight more wins than Gene Mock. Wow. So Gene Mock coached he managed for 26 years. Huh, he was around a long time,
1: yeah. Yeah, it's a long career, and Francona will definitely get in the Hall of Fame, I think.
0: Yeah, two time championship, especially with the uh, with the Red Sox for sure. Um, you know, who well, how about this? The guy who managed the most, Connie Mack, how many years did he manage for?
1: I'm gonna say 44, 53. Oh, my God.
0: 53 years, and he's got 37 career wins. 33,731 30- career wins. He's got five World Series
1: championships, to his name. Huh. And nine pennants. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think they came out with, a bi- obviously, a biography about Connie Mack. Uh, but it was like a three-part book. I mean, it was... <laughs> It's a couple of door stoppers. I mean, fifty three years as a manager.
0: It's something I, I don't. How many more twenty plus year managers we'll see? Right.
1: Yeah. How many? How many will you see twenty years on the same team? None. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. But I, yeah,
0: think about it. Bruce Bochy. He's a Hall of Fame manager, and he bounced around. How many times yeah. now? Yeah, what three three teams now? The Giants. At least
1: three, I know that.
0: There's Padres, you know.
1: Yeah, it's uh, yeah. Connie Mack is the Connie Macs of the world, are not coming back. No, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> no, but uh, for the next week, I'm looking forward to seeing if Yamamoto, with him getting posted yesterday, if he gets signed, um. Over the Thanksgiving break, type of time, I know uh, the Red Sox had a big trade one year in 2000. I think in the off season, right before 04 started, that's when they um, got shilling from Arizona. So that was a big deal. So it usually, right around this time is when people start signing. It's just going to take that one big name. Maybe that's the Nola signing, right? But we'll see. And uh, this was episode 124 of Talking Rivals. You can find us on Twitter or X at talking rivals. You can find Chris covering the Yankees at CP seven ny I am Patrick Trotty covering everything about the Red Sox. And, um, you can find us wherever you get your podcasts, give it a like and a listen. And like Chris said, if any baseball fans out there want to want to have a conversation about their team or one of our teams, um, we're always down to, uh, bring you on. And, um, uh, have a have a good talk about baseball and and everything about it um so just get in touch with us over on Twitter or X and uh, we'll set something up but um until then have a good Thanksgiving and um yeah see you next week see you next week